1: Episode 351, Impulse Buying. What it is and how to stop.
0: Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money. embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Mm, 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 mm,
2: mm,
1: mm, mm. Welcome to Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen.
2: My name is Jill.
1: And today we are talking about one of your favorite topics, a topic that you asked for over and over again, impulse buying, impulse shopping, impulse purchases, basically just unplanned purchases. So we are defining them and giving strategies for how to stop impulse shopping.
2: Mm, It gets the best of us. Mm -hmm. Even if we think we are stellar, that impulsivity sneaks up. And some of us, we, we've not even tried. We're just impulsive. We're doing all the things. But hopefully we've got some tips and strategies for you that you can be more mindful about your spending.
1: Yeah, and to not vilify impulsivity, that it is thing that many people have regularly and everybody has eventually. So how do we work around it? How do we embrace it? And how do we just do better with it. So, but first, this episode is brought to you by the consequences of my actions. Well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of my own actions catching up to me. This weekend, I'll be running 13.1 miles because I signed up for a half marathon a week after giving birth. Is this what I'm lamenting? Nope. Actually, I trained. You know who didn't? Travis, my husband, who I also signed up for the half marathon, and who will surely never let me live down the consequences of that action. Will he run with me? Probably not. Will he injure himself? Maybe. Will he complain the whole way there and back? Most definitely. But not all consequences of your actions are as miserable as mine will be. When you get the friend letter for free, you'll get actions to help you save money, spend better, and live in alignment with your values right to your inbox three times a week. And those are some consequences I'd like to see. Frugalfriendspodcast.com slash friend letter to get the friend letter and see the consequences
2: of your own actions. In a good way. In a good way. Oh man, I can't wait to hear how this goes. I know, right?
1: It's uh, tune in to our next episode, maybe. No, not the next one because it's not the weekend of recording it is that actual weekend when this episode comes out so tbd follow me on instagram at modern frugality
2: if you'd like live updates <laughs> that's it uh, but also frugalfriendspodcast.com friend letter those updates are going to be better more beneficial for your wallet for sure for sure
1: All right. So if you are interested in decreasing the number of impulse buys you make on a weekly basis, aren't we all? We have a ton of great episodes. Our best ones on this topic are episode 279, Tips to Avoid Impulse Spending, and episode 133, Tips for Avoiding Holiday Impulse Buying. So the first one is just general tips, second one, tips for the holidays specifically. Today, we are diving into impulse buying a little deeper. So we're talking about science behind and strategies for intentional shopping. So this one's going to complement episode 279 really, really well. So let's get into our first article, which is From shopify.com, it's what is impulse buying and how do you encourage it? So that may sound like a weird title, but what this article is, it is for marketers on how to get people to impulse buy their products. So this is a guide, this is what is being taught to the people that are marketing to you. And we're gonna share it with you and talk about it so that you understand When and how and why you're being marketed to, and use that knowledge to fight off the urge to impulse buy.
2: It's like having a sneak peek behind the scenes what all the marketers and their little boardrooms are talking about, trying to get you to spend money that you don't need to spend. But we'll talk about that. Sometimes you can spend and it's no big deal. But first of all, what is an impulse buy? Through the lens of this article, they describe it as it doesn't differ that much from a regular purchase except in one key area where an impulse buy is not consciously planned. Compulsive buying happens in the spur of the moment. It can be hard for any one individual to control, and it can be very heavily affected by emotional states ranging from anger to joy. Anyone listening Mm -hmm. might be able to relate to that. The times that you have bought impulsively, there was probably a degree of high intensity emotion happening for you, maybe on that spectrum somewhere. And so then it goes on to describe some of the science behind buying behavior. They referenced this kind of first review study that suggested that many shopping behaviors are correlated to a number of. Factors, including personality traits, buying beliefs and attitudes, sociocultural values, demographic factors. And all of these are linked to both internal and external factors. So, internal factors being those emotions that we were describing, kind of the thoughts and feelings happening inside of us, as well as external factors, which can be the environment, what's happening or has just happened around us can be one of the things that contributes to us impulsively purchasing something. We might call this self-gifting or retail therapy and maybe shopping as a way to manage mood, which might be done intentionally. I am not feeling great. I'm going to the store, but not necessarily having an idea of what exactly you're going to buy. And it just kind of leads to whatever strikes my fancy is what I'm going to put into the cart.
1: Yeah, it's treat yourself mentality. I I don't know how many impulse purchases have resulted from that one GIF or one meme, one scene from Parks and Rec. (laughs) But I have to venture to say, it is
2: quite a lot. <laughs> I mean, haven't we all kind of secretly desired or more openly desired and actually engaged in a trecho self experience? Like, as, as much as that episode does stress me out, it also is like, oh, yeah, but if you had the money, that's just a fun day. But for right, many of it, us... But it we, was
1: a day. I yeah. think people forget that what? in the show treat yourself was one day a year. And now we use it to justify our impulse purchases every single day. (laughs)
2: Yes. Well, so then they go on to give an example. One from social psychologist Wilhelm Hoffman talks about how impulses emerge through the activation of the associative cluster in long-term memory in close interaction with perceptual stimulus input. That's a lot of words. Here we go with an example. So let's say you love cake and you see one at a bakery. Mm, for me, it's probably gonna be a donut, but I'll keep going. Your brain activates a series of urges, desires, and impulses to eat. These urges are stimulated by external stimuli like the cake, the donut, how it looks the smell, all of our senses are going, and you buy the cake without thinking about it. And so this social psychologist explains that because of your past experiences with cake or donuts or hot dogs, I mean, I'm just going to keep adding food in, your brain forms these cluster of links that A, the concept of cake, B, has a positive effect generated by the cake, Leading to see the repeated patterns of behavior that led to the positive effect. And so it's just this connection that our brain makes, which is very good. It allows us to be so efficient, it allows us to do many things on autopilot and muscle memory that does benefit us. I mean, think about the times that you've brushed your teeth without even needing to think about it. Mm -hmm. It's related to this thing where we kind of have this automatic, I'm about to go to bed. This is what I've done since I was six years old. And so this is what I'm doing now. But then it can have this kind of not so great impact on our finances. If we weren't planning on buying that cake, donut, hot dog, that it's just kind of this muscle memory. We do it subconsciously. We almost do it without thinking about it because we almost we feel helpless to the delicious cake. And this then <laughs> happens in almost all areas of spending. It doesn't have to just be food. It's whatever association. And that goes back to the kind of social psychological behaviors of what we associate shopping or buying to. And again, when our emotions are at play, we can have an association that buying this thing is going to make me feel better or buying this thing is going to further how great I currently feel. You could be on any end of that spectrum, but it can be almost even this coping mechanism that leads to some of that impulsivity. Mm -hmm.
1: So Jill talked a lot about food. So let's talk about some real data from Slick Deal's. And they covered impulse spending product categories. So we'll talk about the top five categories where most people are prone to impulse purchases.
2: Ooh, they give two lists, pre-pandemic and post. Yeah. I know. Well, they have a
1: pre-pandemic and also a post-pandemic, but we're back to pre-pandemic spending, according to the economy and whatever the people say about that. So I'm just going to go through the pre-pandemic one. Coming in at number five at 31% is coffee. So 31% of impulse purchases. I don't think that all this, this definitely doesn't all add up to 100%. So I don't know what the 31% is. It's coffee. Coming in at number four is household items. And you can use this data to help yourself and know that, okay, looking at my 90-day transaction inventory, let's First, do a sweep of coffee, and now let's do a sweep of household items that I've purchased to see how prone you are to each of these categories. The third, this was shocking to me vehicles. It's shocking. Vehicles. Yeah. People are impulse buying
2: vehicles. Who would do that, Jill? Who would do that? Oh, I almost did that. This is so funny. I (laughs) feel so called out. Literally last weekend, we almost, we didn't do it. We almost impulse purchased a vehicle. And I thought that was wild. I'm not alone, though.
1: No, you're not. And I have some ideas about why. And we'll talk about those later. But coming in at number two is clothing. And then at number one, nobody will be surprised The number one product category that gets impulse purchased is food and groceries, which is why we do so many episodes on this show about meal planning, meal prepping, grocery shopping, saving money on takeout and all these things, because this is the number one place where we impulse spend. And of the big three, our biggest three expenses in our monthly budget, housing, transportation, food. So apparently, people are impulse buying transportation too now.,
2: <laughs> yeah. when is it going to be impulse purchasing houses? Like, I joke that we don't do oh that, God, but I maybe wish. we maybe we do. No, we you kind of did. Nobody in this economy.
1: <laughs> oh gosh, true. <laughs> nobody. If you want to know what the number one the reason I didn't read the post pandemic list is the number <laughs> one impulse spending category on that one is cleaning supplies. And I just don't think that that's relevant anymore. Yeah,
2: no, you're right. That's that was mid pandemic. That was yeah in the thick of. Yeah, I don't. Yeah,
1: I don't know what they were saying post pandemic. But this list is definitely, I would say, accurate from the requests we get for episodes, and we've literally done all five of these episodes multiple times. Even a co- we have a coffee episode, just on coffee, <laughs> but. It will be to your advantage to think about these at least five categories and look at your 90-day transaction inventory. Maybe it's other things for you. Some other things on this list, books, takeout, technology, toys, all the T's, and shoes. Look at what you are most prone to impulse spending on and work on that first before you look at all of your impulse buys. Let's work on one big category first. And most likely for you, it's going to be food or groceries, food and or groceries. So definitely plenty of episodes to help you with that
2: one category so then the article goes into reasons that people impulse buy kind of the top 5 reasons and they're looking at this again from the perspective of what drives shoppers to buy instantly so be aware they're talking about us and let's let's see what we can learn and what we can shift mm-hmm. to just be better informed and equipped in our spending but the first is that feeling of getting a deal I can recognize this in myself that impulse buying doesn't always mean spending an entire paycheck on fancy luxury items or products. People also buy things because they feel it will just save them money in the long run. They reference back again to this slick deals survey where they found that 52% of respondents would rather take advantage of a deal than pay full price. So sales promotions tend to impact sales because consumers are price conscious. Most of us are, not many of us are loving the restaurants where they don't put prices next to the wine. We know that just means it's unaffordable and I I don't mess with that. Too rich for my blood. We are more likely to buy products, buy things, even buy services that are seemingly offering greater savings. I will say, this is my own addition, I think sometimes we may not even be totally aware of what is the going rate for this. Just if a store says, at this store, it used to be this, and now it's this, sometimes that can even work. Just to see that slice through the original price, the r- the red sticker on it, and now it's less money than what somebody might have spent, that can trigger some impulsivity of... And and probably even a a bit of scarcity of when is this next, when is this deal going to come around again? There's a lot of things that can play into that. But just that I'm getting a deal, therefore I'll spend, I'll spend it right now.
1: I want to create a movement with merch. Every movement, every good movement has merch. And I want it to be, I pay full price. Like that's what I want the shirt to say. I pay full price because I think if you can change your mentality from always wanting to get a deal to, I am willing to pay full price, you no longer fall victim to sales marketing. And so while it is awesome to get a deal on something you were going to buy anyway, it's very hard to navigate if you were going to buy it anyway. Oh. You can say you were going to, but- I love a deal, we talk about deals in the friend letter, but we don't emphasize deals in the friend letter because they cause impulse purchases. Ultimately, a sale is a marketing tactic. And so we don't want to market for these companies for free and get you to spend money with them. We would like you to take money from them in the form of freebies and other things. And I think that is the reason vehicles are number three on that list because they are always doing sales and always throwing in incentives. Every month is the biggest sale of the year, right? So I really feel like it's this particular one that really attributes to the transportation car one. Because, I mean, what was going to get you to purchase that car last weekend, Jill?
2: I think it was the knowledge that eventually we will probably need and or desire a second vehicle. We've only had one vehicle for coming up on four years now, which has been awesome. But seeing that it, it could be necessary to have a second. So then when something popped up that was very affordable, it was like, okay, well, should we then get it now? So it it was a deal for sure. Mm-hmm. A private sale on Facebook Marketplace. The
1: possibility.
2: Yeah. It was the possibility.
1: of probability, maybe could be useful in the future, might as well take advantage of the deal now Mm -hmm. sort of idea. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So if it is close on your horizon and you have decided that that is definitely on your horizon and it makes more more sense to get the deal now, so that I have definitely taken advantage of deals. I've definitely impulse purchased items that I know 100% I will buy in the next six months And if I have seen that the deal is better than it will be in six months or has been whatever, uh, or is what I really want on Facebook Marketplace, then yes, I've impulse purchased that. And that's when an impulse purchase can be good. It can be beneficial. Mm -hmm. But it's when we start getting into those, I could maybe, I think I might want this. I probably will. When you start getting wishy-washy about that, that's the sign tells you this is not going to be an impulse purchase in my best interest. Mm -hmm. So the next one is physical stimuli. And we don't get this as much in our online lives. But when you are in person somewhere, you can definitely be influenced by physical stimuli. So I'm going to call out Target. That's what we're going to talk about. Physical stimuli at Target. So store environment, data suggests that a pleasant environment encourages customers to shop around, definitely more pleasant, Target is more pleasant than other big box stores. Background music, studies show that soft background music slows the shopping pace, results in more spending time. Sales people that provide guidance. So this is big at higher end stores. So like when you're going to the mall, you're at your like Neiman Marcus's and stuff like that. And then the last one on the list, promotions, sales promotions like BOGO, encourage customers to buy larger quantities, free vouchers, refunds, free sampling, gift backs. Those are all known, proven to impact and increase impulse buying.
2: Yeah, I don't go to Target. (laughs) I have an unpopular opinion that I just don't care for it there. And maybe that's because I don't want a nice environment. I want I want in and out. I don't care about the music or whether or not there's trash on the ground. But I can say when I am in a cute boutique shop, yeah, sometimes this happens to me. I actually recently saw a reel of somebody. I think they called it the trash test that they if they found something that was just staged really well in a store, I think that they were primarily talking about Target. You know, they're, they're at the Joanna Gaines section where everything is just staged really beautifully. It looks really lovely. They'd pick an item that they think that they're about to purchase and take it over to the trash bin aisle, like where you'd go to purchase trash cans, and see whether the, the item still looks good there. And they were kind of joking about how this is going to be what it's like to take this thing back to your house. Like, it looks really oh pretty in the, like, stage Joanna Gaines section, but, like, what's it actually going to look like in your house? And so if the item still holds up in the trash can section, like, it still is really cute, then, then okay, maybe, you you know, you've put it through the test, and if not then no, don't bring it back to your home. It was really interesting. Like sh- she showed a couple of different items. Like here's what it looks like in this pretty section of Target. And here's what it looks like next to trash cans. And it it really did reveal the true quality wow. of the products. It was like, oh yeah, that thing is not as cute as it was in that other section. So there you go. There's just like a hot tip about yeah, well, environment.
1: There's how to cut down your home decor purchases right there. <laughs> yes.
2: The third reason that we can impulse buy, one of the top reasons, is just that feeling of instant gratification. Many of us can experience that rush of emotion. It might even be a version of stress, which can be excitement about making this sale. We might feel a little risky and we like that wherever you find yourself, that instant gratification or even it might calm some stress or anxiety that you were feeling to be able to shop around the store and then purchase this item and get that immediate rush of this is now mine and I have this thing that I've been looking at can be a reason to impulse shop. Whatever we are being sold or we are telling ourselves about the purchase of that item. Like, this is going to solve so many problems. This is going to make my life better in this, this, and that way. This is going to make me feel so good right now in this moment. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling down. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling treat myself. And just the seeking of instant gratification can be why we pull out our debit card or credit card and just get the thing.
1: Yeah, I feel very called out by this one. It says, think about the last time you needed to finish a task, but you found yourself browsing Amazon for hours or wanted to eat more veggies only to order wings from Uber Eats. And (laughs) I feel offended. Uh,
2: (laughs) Do you think that they are watching you at night? They've got cameras in your house writing the article based
1: on what they're seeing. No, because I don't use Uber Eats.
2: but. I do eat wings.
1: So the article really emphasizes that your brain battles between short-term rewards and long-term rewards. And when a shopper in your store, quote unquote, your store sees something they need, the logical part of their brain tries to reason with them. And God help me if I haven't experienced the same thing. It'll say, saving the $35 would be good for their bank accounts and they don't really need the shirt. While the emotional side doesn't think about the future, it just sees instant gratification as the ultimate reward, and it depends on which side wins. So uh, consumer research suggests that shoppers are more likely to spend in stores. So when we're in the store, usually the emotional side wins out. And then in the online, the opportunity to put it in the cart and forget about it So more often your logical side can win. But when we're talking about frequency of attending an actual physical store versus the opportunity to shop online, gosh, you can access a store from your phone all day, every day. So the opportunity to shop is way more than having to drive to a store So in that case, it's kind of a wash. So that's why we emphasize that values-based spending isn't quote-unquote finding your why or your bigger reason for your financial goals. We have to figure out these short-term rewards that are more important, these short-term internal motivators that will win out in a battle of your logical and emotional brain. So short-term things that you're saving for, like on a weekly basis, I'm not gonna buy this coffee because I wanna be able to buy an appetizer at dinner on Saturday. Or negotiating with yourself, I am gonna buy this latte and I will not buy the appetizer at dinner on Saturday. So again, where the impulse purchases aren't necessarily bad, but you have to make these trade-offs in the short term, to battle this very thing, the instant gratification. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for
2: wireless, when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month, To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details.
3: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic.
2: So speaking of ways now that we can utilize this information from that first article and the knowledge of what leads us to impulse shopping is how can we stop impulse buying and purchase more intentionally so the second article comes from balance through simplicity and they're talking to us about just that how to stop impulse buying and purchase more intentionally we'll go through i, th- I think the majority of these tips the first tip that they give is avoid the shops altogether to prevent impulse buys So it is difficult to buy something on a whim when you're not even in the store to shop or make that purchase. So if you are identifying that this is an area that you are having a lot of struggle in controlling, shifting behavior, we are not going to advocate long-term, never go to the store. That's an extreme. You can't live life that way. But in the immediacy of training yourself differently, finding new coping mechanisms, learning more about yourself, and what leads you specifically to impulse buy, we are absolutely going to interrupt the cycle by just not going to the stores altogether. And a lot of that does have to do with physical presence in the store. As you, Jen, had mentioned in that first article, that it just being in the store can make a big difference on our impulsivity. We are much more likely, especially if the environment is really beautiful, soft music's playing to impulse buy, then, then we might be even online. I'm not saying that there's not impulsivity that happens online, but there's also something to just physically being in a store. So we can't just stop a behavior though, especially one that is feeding us in some way or is some version of a coping mechanism, even if it's not meeting the need all the way, we need to replace it with something. So they are suggesting when you are wanting to go to a store, instead, just go for a walk elsewhere. This could be outside, maybe someplace inside but not at a store. Go for a walk, get some exercise, move your body, allow yourself to think about something else and not even be kind of tempted by just the things that your eyes see. You could also, if it's kind of that satisfaction, that treat yourself that you're looking for, consider ways to get that at home or for free, like giving yourself a manicure pedicure at home, getting together with a friend, just talking with a friend on the phone, watching your favorite show or cute videos of animals. You could journal. Find what works for you. This is not obviously an exhaustive list, but the first step is not going to the store itself, but you have to then follow it up with what will you do instead? Otherwise, it'll feel like complete deprivation and it won't be sustainable.
1: Yeah, so that's the habit loop, right? In order to break a habit, You have to make the queue invisible, i.e. don't go to the store, but you have to place it with something just as attractive. So in addition to physical stores, I see this driving to work. If you're prone to stopping at Starbucks to get breakfast or Wawa or what have you to get breakfast and a coffee, try taking a different route to work for a couple weeks. If that's not available, then take the apps off your phone. Don't allow yourself to purchase on an app. It's not a long-term strategy it could be. For a lot of us it won't be a long-term strategy, but it is a good detox. And I would say this is another reason why you're doing a 90-day transaction history is really important so that you can see the places that you are prone to impulse spending, like the physical places. So, Maybe you impulse buy something on Amazon. What were you doing when you were making that purchase? Where were you? What had just happened? Think about not just the purchase, think about the environment and all of the cues and triggers surrounding you when the purchase was made and try to replace that action because you were trying to meet some kind of need by doing the impulse shopping. How can we replace that action with something that will be more suitable and actually meet the need more? So, like when I had my first son, I went to Target a lot and it was really just to get out of the house. That's what I really needed. And it was too hot outside to go for a walk. I mean, that's a great suggestion if the weather is nice. But honestly, I just needed to be out of my house and it was either. That's the only way the kid would sleep is if they were in the car seat, in the car. So I'm driving places, right? Where do I go? I'm going to Starbucks. I'm going to the drive through Taco Bell. I'm going to Target. So I had to distill it down to figure out, okay, what was the actual goal? The actual goal wasn't that I wanted to be at Target. The goal was that I wanted my kid to sleep. So that's when I started. <laughs> Literally, I would put the kid in the car just drive around for 10 minutes and then come home. That was it. That's what I really wanted. It got the job done. And then on the days that I did want to actually be outside, honestly, I would go to a place where I knew I wasn't going to be tempted to buy something. So like Neiman Marcus, some a really expensive <laughs> yeah. place where I was so offended by the prices of jeans that I knew I wasn't going to spend money. Everything was out of my price range. That's where I would go. So You have to get creative. Once you identify the true reasons behind your impulse spending, then you can get creative in how you meet that desire without the actual impulse spending. So the next one is to make it difficult to spend money. We're running through the habit loop. So I think I just covered that. But I'll reiterate, taking the apps off of your phone. This article also suggests to get rid of store cards and credit cards If they enable you to make unwise purchases, this is a place where promotions come into play because as a store car holder, you get a lot of promotions, a lot of extra sales because they want you to put money onto that store card because these stores make more money off of these cards than they do off of your purchases at the stores. That is a common thing. The harder they push these cards, you know, the more money they're making off of them. They know that people who have their cards, not only are they putting their shopping more frequently, they're also buying more product. So they want you to get these cards. So get rid of them. Don't worry about the hit to your credit. It will bounce back soon enough. But whatever is making you like unsubscribing from emails, stuff like that. Think about the things that are enticing you to spend and then getting rid of those, taking your credit card number out of all of your things on your line. Our episode on tips to um, lower impulse spending covers a lot of these ways to make it more difficult to impulse spend.
2: I'm going to combine these next two, number three and four. So number three is set a budget before you shop. And four is don't go shopping when you're feeling emotional. Not that they're necessarily the same thing, but I think we can say enough about them in a short amount of time. We are going to do far better in not overspending or spending impulsively if we've already decided how much can we spend. We're going to also feel better about what we've spent that day if we've told ourselves ahead of time, it's okay. It's within range. I'm giving myself permission to spend this amount when I'm going out. I think my biggest impulse spends happen at yard sales and thrift stores, honestly, And I don't go to them often, but for me, a Saturday morning walking around our neighborhood and there's yard sales happening, like that's a fun activity for me. And I know that there's always going to be some sort of goodie to find, whether it's plants or a kitchen gadget that I'm still kind of developing stuff for my kitchen. Now that I don't live in a vehicle anymore and I actually have a home, like there's a lot that I just don't have. And sometimes I don't know what I don't have until I see it out. But this is what works for me is I don't know what I'm going to come across, but I know I'm going to come across things that I think will solve a problem for me, but I'm only going to take $20. And it doesn't feel impulsive then just because I didn't exactly plan to buy that salad spinner. The salad spinner was a dollar, and I don't have one, and this is going to be useful for me, so it's fine. It's within my budget of things I can buy that I'm not even sure exactly what that's going to be. The the ability to find a good deal and a treasure if that's what I want on that particular day. And then leads into the next one of just being aware of our emotional state. And I think a lot of times we can think this has to do with just feeling really down and I need a pick-me-up. And the pick-me-up is just going to be buying whatever I lay eyes on. But again, as we've said, we can impulse buy because of a variety of emotions. We can be elated about a good thing that has just happened or really down, upset about something That has just happened. So being aware of what your emotions lead to, how you cope with them, and limiting the shopping that you're doing if you are feeling these emotions that are going to lead to this. It's not always super feasible. Sometimes we do just have to go to the grocery store even though it's been a bad day. Even acknowledging that can be really helpful of, I am a little bit more vulnerable to impulse buying today than maybe I would have been yesterday And because of that, I'm just going to be more aware of the decisions that I make when I go to the grocery store.
1: Mm -hmm. And for my last one, I'm going to combine six and eight, because these are just good practices when you are in a store coming and have your hands on a product that you want impulse buy or your hand on the mouse trying to put something in your cart. Six is to ask yourself, do I have something similar? So, If you have something that you can repurpose or use that does the same thing, like, do you need a duplicate in just like any way? And then eight is to pause and wait. So even if you can't answer that question immediately, we're waiting a couple days. If it's something in the store, put it back because you know you can get it online. Put it back and you can put it in your cart, on your phone, And leave it and give it a few days. And if you still want it, then you can get it online. That is the wonder of the internet. But first, ask yourself, just pause and ask yourself, like, what purpose is this going to serve for me? How does it look next to my trash cans? Do I
2: have something similar? We took 35 minutes to get to that's the best tip. If you were to ask me what's the number one tip for impulse purchasing, it's pause. Create a pause. Yeah. Just pause. Be patient. Create a pause. Pause. Mm -hmm. Uh, You
1: know, add it to your cart and wait.
2: Pause. Yeah. Yeah. Even just 30 seconds can provide the clarity that we need on whether or not we actually want to buy the thing.
1: Yeah. It seems silly. Honestly, when you're in a store and you're like holding something and you're pausing, it feels silly. But lean into the silly feeling cuz the silly feeling is
2: helping you save money. <laughs> Go pause and take a walk to the trash can section. Put it in the trash can section. See if you still want mm-hmm. it. <laughs> you know what we do want. We don't e- we don't have to think about this one. We will impulsively do it twice a week.
1: It looks great in every trash can section.
2: The bill of the week. <laughs>
0: It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his
1: name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're
0: happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton.
3: This is the Bill of the Week. Hi, Jen and Jill. This is Savannah from Houston, Texas, and I'm so excited to tell you about my Bill of the Week. I recently earned my Ph.D. in biochemistry and cell biology, and I wanted to print out my dissertation so my parents and I could have a nice bound copy of it. Looking online, I saw this going to cost around $200 to have two copies of this over 100 page document printed in full color. So I had the genius idea of printing most of it in black
1: and white, and then separately printing the only 23 pages I needed in color.
3: This saved me so much money. And when I did it online, I also got a 25% off coupon. Plus Rakuten gave me 2% cash back, Plus, my credit card had a 5% cashback reward. So all in all, what originally would have cost me $200
1: came out to just $95. I'm super excited about this frugal win. Thanks for
3: all you two do. I love the show.
1: That is amazing. You know what I was thinking? So here's something else you could do. I don't know how it would show up in color, but you can upload it to like Kindle print on demand books. And you can have it printed in, like, a book form. And it's usually very inexpensive to print a book. I don't know how many words your thing is, but, like, it can cost less than $4 to print, like, a 20,000-word book. So I would love to see somebody print their dissertation, print-on-demand. And you can take it right off of Amazon, but, like, I— honestly would love to see that somebody put their (laughs) dissertation in a print-on-demand book just to like save money
2: this is amazing well done savannah (laughs) with your phd in biochemistry and cell biology with i what i can only assume means your dissertation has pictures that's my kind of PhD. I'm sure it's pictures that I wouldn't understand, but colored pictures <laughs> nonetheless. And then the way you're stacking deals. I mean, of of course, you're mm. earning your doctorate, stacking them, coops, racketing, credit card points, just doing the coops, thing. Coops, stack, stack. Well yes, done, Savannah. Yes. What a good bill. What a good hack. What a good degree. You're going places. If you all listening also feel like you're going places, and you're getting deals, and you're stacking deals, and you're hacking stuff, and stack, stack, you're just not deals, spending deals. nearly as much as you should have, bills, or you're bills. spending so much because you don't care, and it's in your value system, or your name is Bill, and you have no idea why you're here, even listening to the Rugal Friends podcast, but your name is Bill, Who give cares. us a call. Jeff. <laughs> <Yes. laughs>
0: at purdueglobal.edu.
2: So frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. We are unhinged and ready for it. (laughs) And now it's time for the lightning round. The
1: lightning round. Pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. (laughs) All right. So today's lightning round have you ever turned an impulse purchase into like a valuable possession or, or have really what is an impulse purchase that you do not regret making that you not just don't regret, but are glad you made
2: every single one of them? <laughs> is that the bad? Is that a bad thing to say? As it goes more. to Frugal Friends podcast. Let's unpack um, that. Okay, 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 okay. I, <laughs> I I may not totally stand by that. I'm unhinged. It's you know we're into the second half of the show, so you never I've know given what you're going you to get
1: permission to leave your body, yeah. for your mind to leave your body.
2: So 100 <laughs> percent the spiral staircase. Many of you have heard about this already, but yeah. actually a very similar experience to what just happened this past weekend with with the almost car purchase, but. Eric, my husband and I have been in the midst of renovating our home for the past 3 years. About a year into our renovation, we're I mean we're in high spend mode for sure. We had money set aside to just totally gut and redo this place. And he comes to me with a picture on Facebook Marketplace of a spiral staircase that someone is selling and Thinking, him just thinking, oh, wouldn't that be funny? And for me, I'm like, no, actually, that's a dream come true. Can we do it? And so, impulsively, yes, we did it. Went to this place. We had to uninstall the spiral staircase from their second story balcony and then install it at our house. But it is a feature of the outside of the property. Everyone who comes over does comment on it, mostly because they think it leads somewhere. It just goes to the roof. They're like, what's up there? What's with the spiral staircase? Where does it go? And we're like, um, the roof. That's it. It just goes to the roof, but it looks awesome. And I have no regrets about that. Granted, we didn't spend mm-hmm. a ton of money on it. That does help in whether or not I'm going to regret it, is how much I spent on it. Oh, here is ones that I regret. I'm changing the way that this question's being asked. Some you don't regret, some you do regret. My regrets are lipsticks and lip glosses. It's like the purchase that I can't seem to get right. I will buy Mm -hmm. a lipstick thinking I like that color, but obviously you can't try it because I'm not going to the beauty stores. I'm getting it off the shelf at Walmart and it's in plastic and you can't try it before you buy it. And then I get in the car, put it on, instantly realize, no, that doesn't look good on me. And now what to be done? I can't return it. So I I am minimal in every single area, but I've got a handful of lipsticks that I probably will never wear. I tried it once, didn't work. I regret those impulse purchases. Well, now... I know. Are we going to spoil it?
1: In two weeks, if that sounds like you, then we have an episode for you. Mm -hmm. Just stick with us in two weeks. We've got, we solved it. We got something because I also have the same issue. I have a handful of lipsticks that just don't look good on me, and I bought them because they look good on somebody else.
2: Yep, we solved that problem though. So stay tuned. We solved that with problem. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: yes. I love your spiral staircase. I mean, I'm sure Eric did not think you were going to go along with it because it was so soon after the indoor water feature. <laughs>
2: Debacle. debacle. Well, we never did purchase import? an indoor water feature. He still wants one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He wants a water uh, feature. The like Eric nobody's business. very
1: much wants an indoor water feature, and that's not aligned with Jill's values. Uh, <laughs> I would say, gosh, my first inkling was my best impulse purchase was uh, having a second child was kind of an impulse decision. Right? I can't say my my second son was my best impulse purchase, though he does cost quite a
2: bit of money. I mean, it, it costs money to have him, so. Yeah. I say it counts. My worst impulse purchase was this
1: house that we currently live in that we are renovating. I would say my best impulse purchase was our other house that we left. Mm. We decided, so we were getting kicked out of our uh, rental and they were like, you have six weeks to leave. It wasn't on us. He just wanted to turn it into an Airbnb. So he's like, get out. And we were on a month to month so he could do that. And so we just decided, you know what? We don't want to rent anymore. We want to buy a house. Uh, And then 30 days later, we were homeowners. And- Best decision we ever impulse
2: made. See, you are out here impulse buying homes. That is a fact. Wow.
1: I laughed, but it is a fact.
2: I mean, I guess we kind of impulse purchased our home, too. Yeah, well, it's not something we're doing every day. So our point still holds up. We're not daily impulsively buying houses.
1: In this economy?
2: (laughs) Couldn't. Couldn't even. Well, everyone, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. We hope we hope it helps. <laughs> we hope it helps you <laughs> understand yourself, why you're impulse buying, when it's fine and okay, and when you need to press the brakes on it. Uh, we're just glad you're here. And we also are so glad when you all leave us such kind reviews, like this one from Lisa Tella, who's actually a friend of ours. Lovely and reasonable. Thanks for not making me do six side hustles because I'm tired. This is such a fun and accessible show for new and experienced frugal folks alike. She's so good with words. Thank you, Lisa Tella.
1: Yes. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a rating and review. It helps potential new listeners know what our show is all about and if it's right for them.
2: See you next time. Frugal
1: Friends is produced by Eric Sirianni. Jill, Hmm. this morning I had a four-mile training run Uh and I forgot my phone at home, which is troublesome because my phone also has my driver's license and my credit card in it. Yeah, uh, but most troublesome because it has my music on it. And oh. there's nothing worse than silent cardio. Oh. So
2: I know that I'm like I'm
1: rolling up to the I know I'm rolling up to the gym. I was going to just go home. I was like, oh, I can't do it. I can't. Uh, there's just going to be the Hallmark movie channel. They're going to be playing Reba in silence. And I don't know what's going on in that show. I can't run four <sighs> miles on. Reba. And I was like, you know what? A little bit is better than nothing. And if I go home, I can't go back out because I don't have enough time because I got an interview at 11. So I I stopped at the gym and I went and I, you know, started and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to run for five minutes and then I'll walk a minute and I'll just keep going and do that. And until, you know, I feel like I'm not going to, I can't do it anymore. And you know what? By what? the grace of our Lord, Catfish was on <gasps> <mentally>. Yes! <laughs> so I I couldn't hear it. I didn't know what they were saying. Doesn't matter.
2: Not with Catfish. I
1: did I did four miles. Yes. And I was watching Catfish. Yes, you the did. The whole time.
2: Oh, Jen. Yep. This is and making me realize. Catfish brought me through. I, I get it. I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, but we have a shared love for catfish. I mean, I guess I don't know the degree of your love for it, but anytime Eric and I are at a hotel and you can just watch TV, I mean, no one really has TV anymore, but catfish and ridiculousness is all that's on TV anymore, and sometimes Shark Tank (laughs) We watched those three shows just on repeat. There has been a time where we were at a hotel. We wanted to go out and explore the area that we were vacationing to, but we couldn't pull ourselves away from the episode of Catfish that we got roped into. We're like, yeah, 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 we're about to leave. We had like our bags and everything ready, but had to finish the episode of Catfish (laughs) before we left. I mean, I wasn't running, um, but... Me too. I I, I get glued oh to it.
1: So I actually hate ridiculousness. I I think that show is the like scum of the earth.
2: No, but I love uh, you. Th- watch your mouth. Oh yeah, it is. I love Rob <laughs> Deerdeck Catfish is h- out
1: here saving people. Like it's helping people. It is a service to the world. Yeah,
2: it's and- very good.
1: It's probably the best thing on MTV at this point sure. in time.
2: But in
1: the year Rob Deerdeck is
2: just... Really? Oh, my word. I think he's so funny. Yes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. No. Did you ever watch to Fantasy Factory? Nope. I don't know what that is. That was the show that he had previously on MTV. He used to be like a. am not a big MTV girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I really enjoyed him on Fantasy Factory, and then when he had Ridiculousness, I just think he's so funny. I think his transitions are so good. Uh, Really, he's my inspiration for my personality here on our show, so (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. (laughs)
1: Okay, I didn't know it went that deep. I guess uh, maybe I just haven't given him enough of a chance
2: yeah, you need um, to watch again. Don't worry about okay. West Coast Chanel, Chanel West Coast. Don't worry about her. Although she is, I mean, she's, she's enjoyable <laughs> to watch. Don't worry about
1: West Coast <laughs> Chanel.
2: <laughs> I don't even know who that
1: is. I don't watch, I don't know ridiculousness enough to know what that
2: means. So I know then that you that is a woman on the you show. You can't call it trash if you don't know it that well. Take it next okay. to the trash cans and then decide. <laughs> and see. Will do.